It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And let's get started in this episode, a gigantic San Francisco-oriented episode of Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all Major League Baseball all year long. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, look at my lower third. Call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for more than a decade now, and this is my fifth season as a podcaster here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked On MLB Pods. You can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page where you can see this mug do as many of these on video as humanly possible. And every once in a while, I'll go on location, as we did last week on my show where I did in Chicago going through the history of the White Sox, the stadium, and why three franchises exist because the White Sox wouldn't leave Chicago. Hey, you can tell your smart device also to play podcast Locked On MLB, or you can tell it to play some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. And let's just pick one at random right now. Uh, Locked On Giants with Ben Kaspic. And by an absolute, complete coincidence, Sitting in the video green room right now, that's Ben Kaspek. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm over what was a brutal stretch for for Giants fandom after the Korea nightmare. Last time we talked, I was in a much better mood, but I've come around, Sully. I've come around. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason. Like, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, I'm when the season ended and the Astros won the World Series. I sat down and said, between now and before kitchen, but kitchers, live, before pitchers and catchers report, I was going to do an episode for all 30 teams with a host from all 30 teams. I am still too short. I need the Braves and I need the Angels. Uh, they will be coming up before pitchers and catchers report. But um, I've already done a Giants preview with mm-hmm. Ben Kaspic. But here's the deal. We had to go back. You know, it's timing is everything. And when I had you on the show on December 18th, there was a tiny hole of an opportunity, kind of like the the vent that Luke shot the <laughs> proton torpedo in to blow up the Death Star. That tiny, that tiny shot that you and I were able to come on the podcast. And talk about the glories that was the Giants signing 
Carlos Correa. <laughs> we talked about how that wiped out the fear of uh, the you know uh, possible snubbing of not having Aaron Judge on the team. The Giants were a big time player now. Let, you know, happy days are here again. And the and let's just face it, a new era of Giants dominance was about to begin. As Carlos Correa, let's face it, they were already making a statue to put on alongside Juan Marichal and Willie Mays and Willie McCovey outside the park. And then, wow. Wow. It's, and and part of me won't believe that he has a team until I see him on the field wearing a uniform. <laughs> so walk us through just the absolute stepping on a rake and you know that that was going through between the 18th the 20th the 21st and the just the fiasco that led him of all things back to Minnesota it was a nightmare and it says over my shoulder I put this sign up Korea nightmare like there's only so many words you can fit on this little sign and that seemed to sum it up in in you know the space I had allowed for it because you just don't see anything like this you see sometimes guys fail physicals, but never the the players of his stature in the game and superstars. I mean, it's just almost, almost never happens. And really, I think it's unprecedented when you look at the fact that it was a $350 million deal. And I mean, the we found out things were going sideways the day that he was supposed to be introduced at a press conference. Yeah. So I'm waking up. I'm, you know, I'm giddy sitting there like wanting to watch this on tv seeing him be introduced and so couldn't be more like it's about to happen you couldn't be closer to it happening and then you know on twitter you get these notifications giants say the post uh, the the press conference for korea has been postponed and if you read the press release it was just very very short very little detail it, it just said today's giants press conference has been postponed with no explanation given. And then, you know, it's a day of anguish wondering what the heck is going on. There's reports that it's they're waiting on tests mm-hmm. and no answers by the end of the day. And so I'm I'm playing chess online, getting ready to go to bed that night at like 1130 p.m. And I check Twitter one more time before going to bed. And I see John Heyman says Correa to Mets. 12 years, 315 million. And I just, it was, it was just not good. It was not good. And a lot of people got to sleep that night, but for me, it was tough to sleep. Uh, and, and, you know, cause it was late, but man. And so there's so much to this story, but that, that was kind of the initial reaction. It was just a devastating turn of events in like a, a span of 12 hours. And it was just embarrassing in so many ways uh, but I, I'm going to try to shed some positivity on this in a second. But it was so weird because then the Mets signed him, but then he failed the Mets physical. And that's when I said, hey, Mets, did you think the Giants were lying? You know, it was kind of like, do you think they're just that dumb? And, um, and, of course, I'm picturing him in a full body cast at one point. But it was just to see a play. It, here's what it's so strange that a player of his magnitude and his recognition and, and, and his uh, uh, his impact, that his free agency the year before was kind of strange because there were teams that desperately needed a shortstop. I'm looking at you, Yankees. You know, I'm looking at you, Cubs. 
I'm looking at you, Baltimore. Looking at you, St. Louis. And that he went, and at one point I was like, well, he's probably just going to go back and sign a short deal with the Astros. But no, he didn't. He went to Mini, and it just felt like, okay, he's just there, kind of like how Pudge Rodriguez was with the Marlins for one year. And he's just there to show everyone he's still Carlos Correa and then get the big deal. So you've had two consecutive free agencies involving this guy that were a little strange. And then to have him like, I, I, you know, were there, were there Correa jerseys printed out and available? Because I may no. wear one to, I may wear one to Oracle Park. Uh, you can get a custom one and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be seeing some over time and judge. I mean, how about arson judge? They had Judge for seven minutes, and they had Correa for seven days. And that's the story of the Giants offseason. Because, you know, and John Heyman saying that the Giants looked like they were getting Judge, and seven minutes later, he walked it back. So, like, for the fan base, just a torturous outcome for these two players. For Judge, I mean, look, seven minutes is seven minutes. But, I mean, Heyman said it appears Judge is headed to the Giants. And when John Heyman says that, as much as people clown on John Heyman and a lot of it deserved perhaps, but he's a legit reporter. And so we thought we were getting judged too. In addition to Correa, we got right. neither. When you think of Carlos Correa, which team comes to your mind first, the Giants or the Mets? <laughs> I mean, for me, he was, he, the Mets thing dragged on longer, but for me, it's the Giants, but I don't know what the average person would think. Well, look, neither. You know, when you went into this off season, and you thought, okay, you know, where's he going to go? Can you, What would have been the odds of him bouncing between the Giants and the Mets only to return back to Minnesota? I think the odds, if you were a betting person, would be, they'd be astronomically tiny. If you put your money on that, probably a rich man today. By the way, if you are a betting person, Check out our new sportsbook partnership with FanDuel, the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 huh? with a no-sweat first bet. Say that three times fast. Where you get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets. You heard that three thousand dollars back in bonus bet if your bet doesn't win. So you're, that's fifty-fifty right there. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to the point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 that's FanDuel.com slash locked on make every moment more with FanDuel the official sportsbook partner of the NFL hey we're here with Ben Kaspik of Locked On Confused Giants. Um, here's I'm going to shine a little bit of, uh, for the lack of a better word, 
positivity, I guess, trying to, besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like to play sort of positivity on this situation here? Um, wouldn't you rather find out he's not going to be someone healthy for 13 years, seven days into it instead of seven years into it, realizing you have another six years to go? I mean, in some ways, if you take a look, it's clear they have that money to spend. Aren't you better off saying, yeah, yeah, it would have been great to get a, uh, you know, an MVP candidate in his prime on your team? On, on the same token, aren't you better off not having him break down on your watch? Yeah, and that's when I said, you know, I'm over it by this point. The 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 raw feelings of it being so immediate, and and right away, like I'm mentioning that night and my reaction, and in the coming days, and then. Like you said, the Mets, like what did they think was going to happen? It seemed like they they must be willing to take what they must know what's going on to some extent and that they're willing to deal with it and that the Giants are just being scaredy cats about it. But, you know, when the Mets then balked at the physical, it really, in my opinion, you know, vindicated the Giants. It's got to be tough. They knew that they were going to get torched by the fans for this. But when all is said and done, you definitely if your doctors are telling you don't sign this guy to this deal, it takes, you know, belief in the, in your process to, to really walk away from it. And ultimately I do think they clearly made the right decision because he ended up accepting $150 million less. And so something's going on there. Right. And what's really unfortunate though, is that he was like the last impact player left. If this had happened, in the first couple weeks of free agency, you could move on to somebody else. But when this fell apart, there was nobody else. And even Dansby Swanson, I thought, would have been a decent fallback option for the Giants. And he had signed between the period that the Giants deal was announced and when it fell apart. And so there's that little window, like you said, that we talked in. And during that window, Swanson signed with the Cubs. Not that I think he's a great fit for what the Giants are going after. I thought, you know, Trey Turner, obviously Aaron Judge, uh, Xander Bogarts even, but also Swanson. Uh, Carlos Rodon, he also signed in that little window. And so they could have pivoted to some guys, but those guys were gone. And so, yeah, like you said, they're clearly willing to spend that money. And so you look ahead to next offseason, Shohei Otani is going to be out there. Manny Machado, you know, if he opts out, it's going to be out there. I'm sure, man. Then, unless unless Machado gets injured, he's almost certain to opt out. Why wouldn't he? If right. he puts up another MVP caliber season, why wouldn't he opt out? I agree, hundred I mean, percent. Know. Right. So, yeah, and the Giants are willing to do this kind of thing. They they outbid everybody. I think the next closest offer they gave you know three fifty was the agreement, and the next closest offer was like two eighty initially. Initially, and so they were willing to do what it took to get the guy. But just the timing of it in that there was nobody left and some of the, you know, Rodon and Swanson, they were just barely gone after spending, you know, quite a while on the market. So yeah. it stinks, but it, uh, yeah, you'd rather make this decision than be stuck with an injured player for 13 years. You made a great point in, in what you just said in that they showed they're willing to sign a player. They show they're willing to pay top dollar for a legit star. And Shohei Otani is going to be a free agent. Now, Mike Trout resigned 
to stay with the Angels because he came up through the system. He is statistically the greatest Angel of all time. And I'm sure he is basically thinking, I got to win here. This is my legacy. I'm going to be like Tony Gwynn, staying with this team forever. And I got to bring this team to the promised land. You know, it, it would if he goes to the if he went to the Phillies or someplace and then won there, it would not have been. He knows he has to be there for an Angels title. Shohei Otani has none of those connections. He signed because they showed up with a Brinks truck full of money. He thought, oh, great. I get to play with, you know, I get to play with Mike Trout. And maybe we'll be contenders. They didn't. He's going to be a free agent. And he's probably looking around going like, bye. Toodaloo. And there are teams out there that could certainly use him and the star power. And if the Giants want to show they are indeed a big market team, which they are by all definitions, they are. And they want to show that they can spend like the big boys. Well, maybe this falling apart for Correa will open up the fact that, you know, Otani, is he repped by Boris? I can't remember. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, whomever his agent is to say, huh, the Giants uh, seem to have found uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in the uh, cushions of their couch. And imagine what a huge star Otani would be in San Francisco. He'd get out of the Anaheim purgatory, be able to pitch and hit and do all those things. Granted, it's not a hitter's ballpark, but it is a pitcher's ballpark. And, right. <laughs> you know, and this, and a lot, maybe he won't hit 40 home runs, but he'll hit a, you know, hit a ton of doubles into the gap. Um, uh, he's an absolute perfect fit for San Francisco, I think. And maybe uh, Correa whiffing on the physical may open the door to bring in Otani. We can only hope. And unfortunately, you know, it's you got to wait many months to get there at this point. And the 2023 season is not as exciting without a Carlos Correa. But I think eventually down the road, if you and I, when we talk next offseason, it could end up working out for the best. But for 2023, the Giants are kind of a fringe contender as it is. And I think Correa like pushed them into the territory of a if not probable playoff team, a possible slash likely, somewhat likely playoff team. And so they, they're in that point where like every win matters a lot. And Correa kind of pushed them over the top to a degree into playoff territory now, especially with the expanded field. And then, like I said, there was nobody to replace that production with once it fell apart. There were no free agents out there who who could come close to matching that kind of value even their own free agent like a Carlos Rodon so and then I I do have my questions about I mean Otani's going to be so in demand and I think like he's I feel like the Dodgers they didn't spend money this offseason there's they're clearly maybe loading up for a run at Otani I think the Yankees are going to be involved I think the Padres you can't count them out ever so there's going to be a lot of competition and generally it's not a great free agent class there's uh, Devers came off the board, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Machado, if he does get hurt, maybe he doesn't opt out. He probably does opt out, but if something goes wrong, maybe he's not even available. And then it's like o- Otani or bust. And so 
a big key for the Giants is going to be to start to develop some stars again. You know, that was the key in the in the early part of the decade with the championships was a lot of homegrown talent. And they've they've kind of been lacking that outside of like Logan Webb and Camilo Duvall. They need some position player, young talent to kind of break through and and help along the way. Do what this team needs needs a boost. It needs that little boost before, you know, to get themselves built up, get their muscles going, get the blood flowing, and be a relevant team to be attractive. If Otani was a free agent after the 107-win year they had in 2021, then the Giants would have looked like, oh, my God, bring him in. But instead, we had the, you know, you and I said this in the last time. I don't think they're as good as 107 wins, and I don't think they're as bad as 81 wins. I think they exist somewhere in the middle. How do you get that little boost to get from that 81 wins to really into the playoffs? I see you give them all a built bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a built bar. Look at we're in the new year. We're almost a month into it. Have you gotten rid of all of your New Year's resolutions? One of mine was to be healthier, eat a little healthier, but you want to compromise in taste. I got the great thing for you. Got to try built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You'll think they're good for you. It's perfect to keep your New Year's resolutions going on to the next month. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. You didn't mishear me. Real chocolate. Great flavors. You don't believe me? Churro. Bam. Peanut butter brownie. Boom. Coconut almond. What? I'm not sure how Built does it. These taste great. They taste like a candy bar, but they have great macros. You like stats? We use advanced sabermetrics with these Built Bars. But you want the traditional stats? 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And each one are have at least 15 or 16 WAB, wins above replacement bar. That's just so good. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Remember, you just have to wait for them to come in and you'd be hoping the mailman shows up. You're over, you're leaning over the railing of your patio going, mailman, are you bringing me the Built Bars? You could still do that. You could go to Built.com, make your little box. But you can head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and say, barkeep, Built Bars, please. And said, they're over there, please. I'm filling out a prescription. You get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or Sam's Club. Go in there, grab a 13-bar box, get 20 13-bar boxes. That would be 260 bars with our hit flavors, brownie batter, churro. Go do it and thank me later. Oh, Built Bar. You know the jingle. Built Bar. They're still good. We're here with Ben Kaswick of Locked On Giants doing a review preview recap rewind the uh, restream all the different things so the giants weren't stagnant this offseason they did make some moves i know that's uh you know it's a little bit like hey i i know i promised you a car on christmas morning but uh did you like the the egg beater i got you huh huh i mean Tell me your thoughts on the moves now that they're no longer complementing a mass one massive move with other complementary moves. Now these are the complementary moves are the moves. 
it's not the it's not as good if you were expecting that car and you're looking at your egg beater it's you know mitch hanniger michael conforto i like those guys i think you know that they've both had some really good seasons in the past and the giants are hoping that they can get another one or two or three out of those guys and uh their pitching depth you know they lost carlos rodon and they didn't replace him with that kind of an arm but what they did is they kind of went with quantity they bring in ross stripling who had a great year with toronto they bring in sean Manaya, and they bring in somebody else whose name i'm blanking on who the, the other starter they brought in or maybe it was just those two yeah i think it was actually just those two and then two relievers they bring in taylor rogers who's the twin brother right. of tyler which is fun and good and luke jackson who was a big part of that 2021 braves bullpen right. Right. That was such a strength of that team. And he's recovering from Tommy John and it's going to miss like a month or so, maybe two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they kind of, a couple outfielders, a couple starters, a couple relievers, they made their team better, even though they lose the high-end guy in Rodon. So their moves made are, are solid, but it, it Correa is what brought it all together. And there's just not going to be any changing that unless they make some kind of trade. But the problem with making a trade is that you got to give something up to get something. And so uh, I I have a hard time pegging like where this team is in terms of like a win projection. You know, like you, I agree with you that like saying, okay, well, they were 81 last year. Are they better than last year? It, it's not totally the right way to look at it because I agree with you that they probably were better than that. And so maybe they, they improved a little bit, even just by the overall depth of their move. So I maybe like 86, 87, 88 wins or something along those lines. Uh, and and I would take that, but it's fringy and you have a very decent chance of missing the playoffs altogether again, which would be, uh, you know, five, four out of five years or five out of six years It's or more they've only made the play 16 i think so yeah 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 so people well, are fed up they yeah, are not I mean, ready for another non-playoff season and so there's a lot of pressure oh, oh, on i'm aware win. i'm aware of that i know i've been i'm still friends with many many giant fans and uh the i think a lot of bad feelings would have been solved if they had eliminated LA in 2021 and went to the NLCS, mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that. Cause I, whether they were one swing away too. Yeah, game five. Yeah, yeah. Winning run at the plate. Yeah. And Wilmer Flores check swing. Yeah. Take, bat taken out of his hands. And, you know, they had some chances in game four to, to, you know, settle the score in LA. I really thought the mm -hmm. Giants were going to win that series. The first couple of the first, the first three games, they just looked like the better team. And they just had to split and they, you know, give LA credit. You know, they were a fine team too. Lest we forget they won 106 games. Um, and it's still insane that we have it set up the way that you could have a 107 win team and a 106 win team. Like there's guaranteed, like one of them will be eliminated before the LCS. It still will never make sense to me, but I, I digress. But one thing I will bring up along those lines is the fact that you are going to have – they're not going to be playing as many in-division games this year. It's going to be more of a balanced schedule. 
And I can't help but wonder if removing a few games against Los Angeles and San Diego and adding a few games against Pittsburgh and Miami and Washington and Cincinnati may just add two or three wins to their win total just right then and there. You know, instead of playing 19 games against L.A. and 19 games against San Diego, well, you're, you're, you're going to have some more of the tomato cans in there that you could, you know, th- I think that may just, that may get them to 84 wins even with the same team they had last year. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, it's been a tough division. The Dodgers have just, in the regular season, been the best team going for the last decade. And having to play them 19 times a year, that is that is no small task. And actually, the Giants, I with Jeff Snyder of Locked on Dodgers, we, we, we looked at the numbers. Giants played the Dodgers better than anybody over that period of time. They were close to 500. So... I'm not saying that's repeatable necessarily, but somehow the Giants have always been a tough opponent for the Dodgers over the Dodgers stretch of dominance there, including in 2021. They went neck and neck, uh, even with the five game series. They, I think they ended up even with the same number of wins and losses against each other in the season. But yeah, I'm not as much as I love the rivalry. I'm not going to miss having to play such a good team that many times a year. I remember you know, as a as a Boston fan during those mid two thousands, those oh god, another Yankee series coming up. And they were like <laughs> there was like one year it was like the the Yankees won ten and the Red Sox won nine and they finished the division tied. And so the Yankees won the division because they had one more win along the way head to head. And you're just looking back and like, oh god, if if that ball had blooped here like and of course, you know, they also lost a couple of games to Tampa down the stretch when Tampa was terrible. So maybe you win a couple of those games, you win at those, you know. But but the, they just sometimes, I mean, they're thrilling, but they can be exhausting. It's like, oh, God, didn't we just play them? Didn't we just play? And, and I know from, you know, here I live in L.A. County, and so I have so many connections to the Giants and the Giants fandom. I know that both sides get, like, like, you know, my Dodger fan friends like, I can't deal with another San Francisco series right now. I can't deal with another San Francisco series right now. And, you know, I I, I, I can't help but wonder if, like, on your, your, that adds, like, two or three games against the Pirates. No offense, Ethan. The Pirates are going to stink. And, uh, and, you know, the Pirates, of course, could play, you know, could play the role of, of the spoiler. Every year there's a team out of the blue that just wins and they, you know, they stand up when the, when the time is right. But, you know, look at, I think the giants made some fringe moves. I think the best thing you can hope for is that one of their young players from their farm system comes up and just gives the team a spark. And if they can make the playoffs, use that as a selling point to Otani saying, Hey, we have playoffs. I know you would never know that if you play for the Angels all these years, but there's actually a postseason you can play in, and you can play it in a beautiful ballpark in front of fans that when things are going great, giant fans are incredible, and um, play for a region where they're, you know, they, you, know, you all want to see them win, but it's not this sense of, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, I'm never going to see them win before I die. And, and also a slightly more functional 
home, you know, uh, front office and ownership than what they have in Anaheim. That would be that would be a great outcome, uh, and and making the playoffs would be in and of yeah. itself a, a great outcome. And then you're right, like a lot is riding on it because if you don't make it, not only are the fans here going to be upset, but then selling free agents on your team as a winner is going to be tough. And yeah, so a lot is riding on the season with a team that doesn't look like an obvious like 90 win team. And so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting year for the Giants. And one more thing about the Dodgers, I just had to mention. That's a big part of what went wrong last year is that their their record against LA was like 4 and 15 or 5 and 14. And so if you just play closer to 500 ball against LA, you maybe sneak in to the playoffs as one of those last wild card teams, which it took what 87 wins or something and, for the and which, Phillies to get in, and, and they made it all the way to the World Series. Yeah, so it's just yeah. I mean the way the Giants did not play well against LA last year. So by the way, less games. Yeah, fine by me. I think the the best thing that happened last year is the Phillies making the World Series. I know. So for some people. They thought like, Jesus, you know, what's the point? I mean, you had 300 win teams and none of them played in the league championship series. This is, you know, but here's what, here's what I think is positive about it. And I am going to relate to the, to the giants. It creates a sense of urgency to just get into one of those wildcard spots. You know, if you were going to be what the, the eighth, ninth, 10th seed in the NBA, you don't have a prayer. You don't have an effing prayer. Like, oh, congratulations, great. You played in the little thing there. You're not going to make it past it. But in baseball, if you can get that spot and maybe ride it out a couple of good weeks, the Phillies showed you the blueprint. And what I here's why I think that's a positive thing. For teams like San Francisco, like Milwaukee, like um, you know Philadelphia for that matter, teams that are on kind of the the you know the mid eighty win. Oh, should we go for it or should we rebuild? No, go for it, because you know the chances are slim that that's going to happen every year. And as a Giant fan, you know about you know in in twenty fourteen being the visiting team in the wild card game, and you're celebrating in Kansas City. But at the same time, for a, for a for management to have that, um, for the lack of a better word, motivation to say, yeah, let's put the best product on the field. If we're if we're hovering around 500, if we just improve by about four or five games, we could be in the playoffs, and who knows what happens after that. And so, like, that, that mid-80 win range is so important for this Giants team. They're not better than Los Angeles. We all know that. They're not better than San Diego unless San Diego comes crashing to earth or has a big regression like the Giants did last year, or like the White Sox did last year. But I think the chances of that are not very high. And if you're going to make any bets on that, go to oh, – wait, we already did that ad read. But um, <laughs> I almost said the other one. Um, <laughs> Forget them. Um, but, yeah, it is so important. And and maybe by midseason, if you see some teams are going to be selling off some of their players, you know, go for it. Don't hesitate because 80, 85 wins, that should be put you – know, I know – nothing less than the world series yeah 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 yeah. 85 wins how do you get to 85 wins because if they can log 85 wins this year and have a legit shot you know 85 to otani 
In fact, that's what I'm going to call this episode, 85 to Otani. So there you go. Yes. I'm, yeah. And at the trade deadline, they've shown a, a willingness to be aggressive if they're in position. And that was part of what was so frustrating at this year's deadline is that they were just not quite there where it made sense to like make moves to go for it. They were a little short of that. But the year prior, locked in that race with L.A., they went out and got Chris Bryant. Yeah. And so if you can just be in good position in mid July, then I think, you know, mid late July, then even that is, you might not be quite at that level then, but then you give yourself that move that pushes you into that territory and that would help. And so they need to start well, they need to just kind of have a better summer. They had a rough middle of the season this year, but here's hoping it's better in 2023, even without Correa. All right. Well, it's already going to be better. You're going to be on the show and, um, and we're going to check in to see how we're doing for 85 to correct to uh, Otani. Ben Kasvik, <laughs> um, where can people follow your show? Everywhere. I mean, uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, at Ben Kasvik, Locked on Giants, uh, on Twitter, at Ben Kasvik. Yeah. All right. That's, that's where. Okay. And you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter. And on Instagram, thanks so much for making Lockdown MLB your first listen every day. For your second listen, obviously have that be Lockdown Giants. For your third listen, have that be Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby, he's a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Doing take two of our off-season review with the always stable Giants and Ben Kasmick of Locked On Giants. This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.